Hello, everyone, and welcome to the News Around the NFL podcast, where we talk about what is happening in the NFL football world. I am your host, Gage Burlingame, and I'm here to catch you all up on the news and updates around the NFL. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and let's talk some football. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am Gage Burlingame, and I will be your host for today's podcast. So in the last episode, we went over my predictions for each NFC team's record. Uh, Here's a recap of what teams I believe will make the playoffs in the NFC. So for the number one seed, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, And then at number two, I have the Los Angeles Rams. At three, I have the Green Bay Packers. Four, the Dallas Cowboys. Five, the Philadelphia Eagles. Six, Arizona Cardinals. And seven, it was pretty much a tie between the the Saints and the Vikings. But I had the Saints edging it out over them due to strength of victory. Uh, They both had like the same record and the same uh, divisional record. But I think with the Saints, strength of victory, according to my predictions, I think they would edge it out over the Vikings. So in today's episode, we'll be going over second-year players who I believe have a chance to have a breakout season. But before we do that, let's go over some news and updates around the NFL. So I'll be providing news from this Instagram page called JPA Football. If you guys want to go give them a follow, that is where I get most of my NFL news. So to start off, we have Deshaun Watson has agreed to confidential settlements with all but four of his accusers. So 20 out of his 24 lawsuits have been settled. So (laughs) I don't know if this means that he admitted to it or if he's just basically wanting to get all this stuff out of the way. But he still has four lawsuits remaining. Um, And and this doesn't mean that he, he could still be suspended by the NFL even though he's settled some of his lawsuits. Um, It's still a very high possibility that he will still be suspended. Former Patriots and current Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski is retiring from the NFL. Gronk is a four-time All-Pro and a four-time Super Bowl champion. Gronk finished his career with 521 career receptions, 7,861 receiving yards, and 79 career receiving touchdowns in the regular season. In his playoff career, Gronk finished with 81 receptions for 1,163 receiving yards and 12 receiving touchdowns. His 1,163 receiving yards is the most career postseason receiving yards by a tight end in postseason history. Gronk will undoubtedly go down as one of the best tight ends in NFL history. Congratulations on an amazing career. The Steelers are signing former Browns and Bengals defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi to a one-year deal. Larry Ogunjobi spent his past season with the Bengals, where he finished with 7 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and 16 QB hits. A very solid signing for Pittsburgh. The Seahawks have a high level of interest in trading for quarterback Baker Mayfield. Right now, the Seahawks' quarterback situation isn't great after trading away Russell Wilson. Right now, their quarterback situation is between Drew Locke and Geno Smith, so... Not great. So I could definitely see them uh, going out and making a move for a quarterback like Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Tyree Kill says he has gotten multiple death threats due to his comments saying that Tua is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's just not cool, man. Like, he's just supporting his quarterback, and while you may not agree that Tua is a more accurate passer than Mahomes, he's just supporting his quarterback, and for him to be receiving death threats about that is just not cool and not fair. Saints star running back Alvin Kamara is bracing for a six-game suspension from the NFL for the incident that occurred during the Pro Bowl. So for those of you that don't know, um, or that, that don't remember, uh, Alvin Kamara got into an altercation with someone in Vegas during the Pro Bowl, and he got arrested for it, and he ended up going to court for it, and I believe all that stuff has been settled, but he's now expecting the NFL to suspend him. So I would expect, I mean, I do expect Kamara to be suspended and it probably will be for six games. So uh, be expecting that. And the last bit of news here is the Browns are expected to move forward with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. If Deshaun Watson gets a lengthy suspension rather than trying to reconcile with Baker Mayfield. So when Deshaun Watson gets suspended, it's, it's not really a matter of if, it's it's a matter of when. Um, it sounds like they're probably going to end up either trading Baker or releasing him. I think they'd rather trade him. And they're just going to roll with Jacoby Brissett once uh, Deshaun Watson gets suspended. So that is it for the news. Now let's go over some second-year players who I believe will have a breakout year next season. So we're going to be going over... 10 second-year players um, that I believe will have a breakout season next year. And this isn't in no particular order. I just put down 10 players that I think will have a really good season. And so with that being said, let's get started with number one. I have Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance didn't get a, a whole lot of playing time last year for the 49ers. Um, but in the six games that he did play... And the two games that he started, he went 41 for 71. He had 603 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. He also ran for 168 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Lance showed uh, flashes of his potential last season with his rushing ability and strong arm. And it seems like the 49ers are set to move forward with uh, Lance's starting quarterback for the upcoming season. There were reports and probably even rumors about uh, the 49ers coaching staff not being impressed by Trey Lance during like OTAs and training camp. Um, but as of late, it sounds like he's improving and he's getting a lot better. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo is still technically on the roster, but he's probably going to end up being traded. And now that Lance is showing signs of improvement – and he's gaining the trust of his coaching staff. He's he's definitely in in line to start for the upcoming season. So if San Francisco settles their disputes with Debo Samuel, um, Trey Lance will run a stacked offense with Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Elijah Mitchell. So coming in at number two, I have Javante Williams. Uh, Javante Williams played in all 17 games last year, and he finished with 203 carries for 903 rushing yards and four touchdowns. He also had 316 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. 
in the one game that he started against the Chiefs when Melvin Gordon was injured, Javante Williams finished the game with 23 carries for 102 rushing yards, and he also had six catches for 76 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Williams was playing the whole season on a 50-50 split with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon did re-sign with Denver for the upcoming season, which is a bit of a disappointment if you're a fantasy football player. But it does look like Williams will be the primary back for Denver. So maybe Denver will go more towards a 60-40 split in favor of Javante. That's what I'm hoping for. But either way, Javante showed us last year that he's a very physical runner and he breaks lots of tackles. He should be a 1,000-yard rusher this upcoming season. So coming in at number three, I have Kyle Pitts. Now, I know what you're thinking. What? Kyle Pitts was a pro bowler, and he had 1,026 receiving yards as a rookie. I know, but he could be even better than that. Kyle Pitts only had one touchdown last year, and it was hard for him to produce last year without Calvin Ridley, as he was double-teamed every game last season. And Calvin Ridley's been suspended for the entire upcoming season. However, the Falcons did draft Drake London in the first round, which should help open things up for Pitts. There is a slight downgrade at the quarterback position, going from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota, but Pitts is still the number one option in the passing game for Atlanta, so they will find ways to get him the ball. With his size and athleticism, Pitts should have a much better season than he did a season ago. So coming in at number four, I have Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman played 12 games last season for Baltimore, and he only started in four of those games. He finished the season with 46 catches for 515 receiving yards and one touchdown. Bateman was overshadowed by the breakout seasons that both Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown had. But during the NFL draft, the Ravens traded Marquise Brown to the Cardinals for the 23rd pick, which they ended up trading to the Bills for the 25th pick, which they used on Tyler Linderbaum. So with Hollywood being shipped off to the desert, this sets up Rashad Bateman to be the number one wide receiver for Baltimore, as the only other competition he has in the wide receiver room is Devin DuVernay. So he isn't going to be the number one target while Mark Andrews is there, but he is now the number two option for Baltimore, and he could potentially have a 1,000-yard season. Coming in at number 5, I have Travis Etienne. Etienne did not play in his rookie season for Jacksonville due to a foot injury, but he is on track to be ready for the start of the upcoming season. Etienne was outstanding at Clemson as he finished his four-year career with 4,952 career rushing yards and 70 rushing touchdowns. He also had 1,155 career receiving yards and 8 receiving touchdowns. James Robinson, unfortunately, tore his Achilles near the end of last season, so he will most likely not be ready for the start of the season. The Jaguars have no need to rush Robinson back from his injury, as ETN should fill in nicely for him. The way that ETN plays reminds me a little bit of Alvin Kamara because of his patience, his balance, and his ability to play as a runner and a receiver. Robinson probably won't be ready to go until a few weeks into the season. So ETN will have the backfield to himself for a little bit before Robinson returns. And ETN actually has a chance to take over the starting job now that he's healthy again and 
pretty much has the backfield to himself. And he should be able to earn the trust of his college teammate, Trevor Lawrence, and his new head coach, Doug Peterson. Coming in at number six, I have J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn only played three games last season before going down with a foot injury in week three. In those three games, he had one interception, one pass deflection, and five combined tackles. He played 95 coverage snaps, and he only allowed two catches for 18 yards, and he did allow one touchdown. It was a very promising start for the rookie out of South Carolina, and Horn, he talked about how it was hard to watch his team fight to win, but he couldn't help. He also talked about how it ate him up to see other rookies had success during their rookie season when his season was cut short. Horn seems to be 100% healthy, and he is ready to be a lockdown corner again like he was before his injury. Coming in at number 7, I have Elijah Moore. Moore's rookie season was cut a little short due to injury, but before he went down, he had 43 catches for 538 receiving yards and 5 touchdowns. He played 11 total games, and he started in 6 of those games. Moore showed signs of promise, and he should be much more involved in the offense next season. The Jets improved their offense during free agency in the draft, getting guys like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, CJ Uzama, and Jeremy Ruckert. This should help open things up for Moore as there are now more threats in the passing game and a threat in the run game. The Jets wide receiver room improved a lot this offseason, and I think this will help Elijah Moore, or I think it will help open things up for Elijah Moore now that him and Corey Davis aren't the only threats they need to worry about. They also need to worry about Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall in the backfield. So I think Elijah Moore will benefit based off of those acquisitions. So coming in at number eight, I have Nick Bolton. Bolton played 16 games last season, and he started in 12 of those games for Kansas City. He finished his rookie season with three pass deflections, one fumble recovery, which he actually ended up scoring a touchdown on, 112 combined tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and three QB hits. Bolton actually broke the Chiefs team record for the most combined tackles by a rookie, which is more than Chiefs legends Derek Thomas and Derek Johnson. His 112 tackles were most out of all the other linebackers in his draft class. Bolton was very good in his rookie campaign, and Kansas City fans are very excited to have him potentially leading their defense. So coming in at number 9, I have Christian Barmore. Barmore played in all 17 games for New England, but he only started in two of those games. He finished the season with two pass deflections, one and a half sacks, 46 combined tackles, three tackles for loss, and nine QB hits. Barmore showed that he can rush the quarterback and slow down the run game. The Patriots defense was really good last season, and Barmore was a big part of it. If he can become more consistent on a game-to-game basis, he's going to have a really good season next year. And finally, coming in at number 10, I have Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell played in 11 games, and he started in 10 of those games. He finished with 207 carries for 963 yards and 5 touchdowns. He also had 19 catches for 137 yards and 1 receiving touchdown. After Raheem Mostert went down with an injury, Elijah Mitchell took over and he made an immediate impact. 
a lot of people were thinking that when Raheem Mostert went down, they were like, oh, it's Trey Sermon time. Nope, it was Elijah Mitchell time. <clears throat> and now Raheem Mostert is now with the Dolphins. And so Mitchell is set to be the starting running back for the 49ers. The only question that I have with Elijah Mitchell is whether he will get more work in the passing game or not. The 49ers still have Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, and Trey Sermon. So I'm wondering if Wilson and Hasty will get more work in the passing game than Mitchell. But <clears throat> either way, Mitchell is still the lead back, and he's going to have success under Kyle Shanahan. So those are my 10 uh, second-year players who I think will have a breakout season. Uh, but b- before we end the episode, I, do, I did want to go over some honorable mentions of some players that barely missed the list. Uh, the first one was Trevor Lawrence. He is now free of the Urban Meyer plague. Um, he'll be... <clears throat> he's got a new coach under uh, with Doug Peterson. And uh, Jacksonville, they, they signed Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram in the offseason. Um, and it seems like Travis Etienne will be back and healthy. So Trevor Lawrence should uh, have a better season. Um, and I believe in, in his last game... Uh, last game of the season last year, he showed signs of improvement. So I think Trevor Lawrence will have a better season next year. Uh, the next honorable mention is Zach Wilson. Uh, the Jets had a really good offseason. Uh, they drafted Garrett Wilson. They drafted Brees Hall. They signed C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin. Um, so Zach Wilson has a lot more weapons around him, which should lead to success for him and the Jets. The next honorable mention is Pat Fryermuth. Um he should he should be the starting tight end now. I don't think I don't think Eric Ebron is there anymore, but I might be wrong about that. But <clears throat> Fryermuth should be the starting tight end now. And whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, Fryermuth is gonna have success for Pittsburgh. Uh the next the next honorable mention is Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. This is a guy who I was very surprised he fell into the second round of last year's draft. I thought he was worthy of being taken in the first round, but I believe he had some sort of, I don't know if it was like an injury or there there was something wrong with him. And so he fell into the second round and he's just a very athletic linebacker and he should be, he should have a much, a much better season next year for Cleveland. Next honorable mention is Jalen Phillips. He had a pretty good rookie season last year for Miami. He's very fast, very athletic, um, and I believe Emmanuel Agba did sign an, an extension with Miami. So not all the pressure will be on Phillips. <clears throat> so it'll be him and Agba uh, rushing the passer for Miami. And the final honorable mention that I will talk about is Quiddy Pay. He was a... He was drafted by Michigan, or no, he was drafted from Michigan uh, for the Colts. And he's just, he's very athletic, very fast, very strong. And I don't think, I don't think Justin Houston's there anymore. So now he may get some more playing time and he should have success next season for Indianapolis. So those are all the second year players who I believe will have breakout years. All of these players showed signs of success in their rookie seasons, but can they take that extra step to greatness? So that will do it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. 
In the next episode, we will go over the best players who are set to be free agents in the next offseason. Uh, so thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to today's podcast. I am Gage Burlingame, and I will see you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.